0: Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to spend time talking about the work that you've given us to do as your people. And I just pray that your spirit will be with us and guide in this uh, presentation this afternoon, and that it will be beneficial to those who have come. This is our prayer. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, good afternoon. I'm Benny Moore. I'm one of the managers for the Share Him program, work with Elder Falkenberg and uh, have for the last uh, almost six years. Uh, Before that uh, I had the opportunity to work in public evangelism with Elder Kenneth Cox for about nine years and that was my beginning in ministry actually. Since that time I've been a conference administrator for many years and, and now have the opportunity to focus all of my time and attention on evangelism and making evangelism worth work both internationally and here at home. So uh, this afternoon we want to talk about one of the greatest problems that we have found as we brought people back home from an international thrilling experience. And sometimes they had hundreds, sometimes they had thousands of people in attendance at their audience, and they come back home and they want to preach. And uh, they're ready to preach. The only problem is they don't have a place to preach because we have found that empty pews don't respond too well to the gospel. And this is a problem that we found. We were able to find people who were willing to be speakers. We were able to get those people to come to a weekend boot camp and we were able to train them in how to speak, but they went back home and there was no place to speak or there was nobody to speak to if they had a place to speak. Uh, we've uh, suggested meetings in all type of places, uh, different rooms in the church, in addition to, of course, the sanctuary is a possibility. Uh, but also we can go to public places, uh, like I know one person did meetings in Denny's restaurant. Uh, you know, there are rooms in hotels. Sometimes there's a storefront. Uh, there's different kinds of recreation halls, uh, mobile home parks. There's, there's all kinds of different places, You know, even, uh, even in a tent, but not in Phoenix in uh, August. But uh, we can do all types of things. But we still have to have people when we get there if we're going to have, if we're going to have results. So uh, in our several years of attempting to find the answer to how to effectively do evangelism in North America, we have just uh, learned more what not to do than we have what to do. And we've just uh, kept backing up and trying other approaches. And we learned that our biggest challenge is that our members largely in North America do not have meaningful relationships with people who are not members. And they have not been developing relationships so that they have people who are ready to come when they are ready to preach. And this is a challenge. So again we didn't have any problem finding the speakers. We have already taken somewhere over 7,000 speakers to preach internationally. And uh, those people are willing and anxious to preach again. So having speakers is not the problem. The problem is is having the audience to listen. And we th- one of the things that we learned as we studied about this, we found that God will never ask us to do something without providing what is necessary to make that something successful. Sister White tells us that God puts us in difficult places so that we can learn to trust Him and not, our, and not ourselves. So even when we face difficulties then we need to realize that there is something for us to learn in there and that God is ultimately going to bring success. Sister White says over and over again, if, uh, when I did a study on angels and I found over and over again it says the angels are waiting, the angels are waiting, the angels are waiting. Well, what are they waiting for? Are they waiting for things to get bad down here? Are they waiting for the economy to turn sour? What are they waiting for? She says they are waiting for us because their work, they have been assigned the responsibility of assisting us in soul winning. If we don't do a soul winning, then they're, they're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. They're waiting for us. So we're not alone in this work when we go out to do it. So how can we begin to develop meaningful relationships With non-members. Several things that I've run across fairly recently, and and it's become our focus of attention with Share Him as we are training evangelism teams uh, in churches, and as we're preparing right now tools to help our pastors be able to train their teams. We're finding that there are some things that are maybe rather unique, some are rather simple. they're so simple that you wonder, well, why in the world didn't we think about that sooner? But there are things that can work. Uh, I want to uh, skip that one and go to Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia, because Jeremiah's not here. But let's go to Kuna, Idaho. And there we're going to talk about we're going to talk about teleconference and newspaper advertising and how someone pulled that together to make it work. This is a video clip from the North Pacific Union. It's one of their Spotlight on Mission programs, and when I saw it, I was thrilled because I said, why didn't we think of this sooner? See what you think.
1: the work inside the four walls of our church imagine yourself trying to find truth, truth you are going from church to church you try church A you try church B you're going up the steps to Church C. Um, you don't know the people there. You don't know what they teach, what they believe. Um, you have no relationship built up with anyone there. It's scary. It's intimidating. You don't know how you're going to be received. Uh, are you dressed right? Um, did you bring the right version of the Bible? Do you have a Bible? Um, all of these things are barriers to people coming into our
2: building. Welcome to the CUNA, Idaho Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Alline Andres-Sox, and I've been a member here for 20 years. One of the things that we have found the most difficult to do in our community is to get people in our door, and we wanted to do this in a unique way. They're out there.
1: We're in here. Somehow we've got to get the good news, the message that we have. Out to the people. We're missing 98 percent of the population, so we've got to figure out ways how to break through that barrier and connect with people and dialogue with them outside the, the the walls of our church. It's not
2: easy because some of we live so far scattered in the valley. My pastor came up with the idea to advertise a telephone number for a teleconference on a topic that would be of immediate to many people, call it Community Conversations Live. You just take
1: out a simple little ad in the paper every month. We did it every fourth Tuesday of the month. And uh, you advertise the time, the phone number to call, the access code, and your topic. We entertain questions and have a discussion. It is a great way to connect outside the walls of your church and allow people to get to know you but from the safety of their own homes. They don't have to feel on the spot. They don't have to overcome that huge psychological barrier. I'd like you to meet Leah. She's one of our regular attenders now. Loves our message. Well,
2: I grew up in an non-denominational church, and I stopped going probably when I was, I'd say, 19 years old. I stopped going um, for a number of reasons, but I just felt really judged in the church and didn't really want to really have anything to do with it and i had always been a christian you know on my own but i just figured who needs who needs church you know it's you know full of people that are hypocrites and i just didn't want anything to do with it and uh but then my son was invited by one of his good friends dad to come to his new church and play electric guitar for their band and so my son jumped all over that and started going and every sunday we'd drop him off and we would go back home and i just was like i can't do this and i'm like this is just you know yeah i may have been burned by church before but you know my son is showing interest in god and i need to support that
1: and she started calling in on the conferences
2: i could just you know mute it or put it on speakerphone not have to worry about my children coming up to me and saying mom or crying or whining, and you have to tell them knock
3: it off. Her husband wasn't even a Christian. It was never naive enough to say that there was never a God, right? And sought him out and had lots of excuses why not to.
2: We had just started going to a new non-denominational church because my son was involved in that with music.
3: I would uh, just uh, eavesdrop on the speakerphone, and we could even have multi. I think there was one time that I even picked up the second line and. And listened in on it and uh, you forget sometimes they can't hear you so we were trying to be quiet in the house but more so we wanted to quiet in the house so that, uh, we could hear for the kids but it was really uh, really easy you could cook dinner you could clean the house you can heck you could watch TV if you wanted to and still listen to it and it was really a uh, and as you build the friendship and you build the relationship, then
1: when you invite them to the live meeting, you have something to go on and they might just be willing to take a chance because they've gotten to know you in this safer environment.
3: I think it's so funny how the Santa Adventists seem to have it really really nailed as far as their beliefs.
2: I believed what they taught and I you know, love Pastor Randy and and just, you know, loved them for a number of reasons just because you know they knew more about God's word and just were more adamant about just you know following God's word and that was very important to me and so I my heart was at some damage
3: church I answered all these questions for me that I uh, had that kept me on that fence and finally one day driving down the road I just uh, stopped fooling myself and just asked God to accept me and And I did it right down the freeway, driving down the road. So it wasn't very flashy or memorable, but I pretty much uh, had no more excuses.
2: He was a new Christian and didn't really want to go to church. And so that was hard as well, because I felt like I would drag him along. And I just don't want to do that.
3: We did Bible studies with her.
2: But he was all over that. He was, yeah, that's great.
3: Pastor Randy actually was conducting his Bible studies at our house.
2: He asked if he could come into our home and maybe a few other people and, and do a Bible study once a week.
3: So we've really felt uh, blessed to have him here with his knowledge and wisdom and and really, you know, had some great people show up there. We're friends with all of them still, and that, that's what really drew us into that church even more.
4: We were having Bible studies with Rob and Leah Welfley, and as we progressed through the Bible studies, we came to the Sabbath, and it was clear that they understood the Sabbath and were had a knowledge of the Sabbath and were convicted of the Sabbath but they were not attending Sabbath services because they were attending Sunday services where their son Gage was involved and enthusiastic with the program of the Sunday church and Leah asked us to um, pray for the situation because she felt really conflicted of how to um, unite their family in attending church on Sabbath when Gage was so involved in the Sunday church. and. So we prayed about it, and the next time we met at Bible study, she had this story to tell us that the, the pastor of the church had just said that he was done. He didn't want to be a pastor anymore, and there was the only solution the pastor saw was to completely disband the church and close the doors. So in one week, she went from having this conflict of how is she going to keep her family united in a church to there being no church to go to at all. And ever since then, they've been very faithful in their Sabbath attendance.
3: Everything started falling place, and even now, you know, even as much as I've learned, it just every time you do a Bible study or something like that, just everything makes more sense. You know, usually in old Bible studies, and you know, you talk to people, you always have these questions. It was just so confusing, but once you learn God's character. And you read His Word, it just all starts to make sense. It's not that difficult. And then when you try to explain to your your friends, and they're so confused, I'm like, How are you so confused I understand that? And you just, they're just not open to, you know, His character. If you know God's character, you can figure out what He's telling you in, the, in His Word. You know, if people can read His Word. If you're not realizing who is saying it, then it's not going to make any sense to you. But if you realize God's character and what He means when He's saying it, it just clicks and everything started to fall in place and the Bible became not just bits and pieces here and there but the whole timeline and everything just flowed all the way through it until you know to prophecy till the end until it's happening now it just seems so, so much sense I don't know how it was for my wife but she has been a Christian for so long and I'm a newbie it's uh, I look at it going how can people be duped <laughs>
2: We have a number of people coming as a result of that teleconference outreach and the meetings that followed. And it's really fun to be interacting more with our community than we've ever been able to do before. I was just so thankful now to have a support group. This is how you build
1: friendships and they begin to see that who you are and that you love Jesus, you're into the Bible, uh, but you're non pressuring. And all your follow-up information is online and they can go there, leave a blog, leave a comment, a question, something they didn't get answered on the teleconference, but it it encourages and stimulates talk. Every one of our new people is involved in a small group ministry. They're involved, they're there on Sabbath, they're in my pastor's Bible class, and we're building bridges, we're establishing these relationships. And um, it's wonderful, it's not only energizing for them but it's the church. Now
4: we have children in our Sabbath school and so our Sabbath schools have grown so much and we are just so blessed.
1: And this is just one way to connect right where they are. This has been Northwest Spotlight on Mission.
0: <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> what can happen? have a teleconference, invite people, advertise it in the newspaper on some topic that's of interest, and you've got, you've got an audience. Anybody can do it. There's nothing to, no fear to keep them out of this. And then once they get to know you, well, they'll come to church. So I thought that was really good. Uh, this a higher quality. This is a YouTube-type uh, presentation that I'm having, but there's the only one that's available right now. There will be within about another week or 10 days, there will be a high-quality version of this available. So just contact the North Pacific Union if you'd like to show this to your church. If you want to know how to do what they did, contact the Idaho Conference and we can get in touch with Pastor Maxwell. And I'm sure they'll be glad to share what they've done and what they've used.
5: Uh,
0: Can you give us the contact number for the Pacific uh, Union Conference? North Pacific. uh, I could look in my iPhone and get it. But I'll tell you what, I will try to... I was wanting to pull something together to have for you today. I'll try to do it uh, later today, first thing in the morning, and have it at the Share Him uh, booth over in the 400 uh, row, is right at the very beginning. So come by the Share Him booth, and by tomorrow, I'll try to have that sheet there with all of the uh, email addresses Here's or phone Idaho numbers. Conference. Okay, the Idaho conference number we can give you right now:
6: okay, 208-375-7524. 208,
0: 208 375, 375 7524 7524 that's the Idaho conference where this church is located three, Pastor three, Maxwell the, the Kuna K-U-N-A Idaho Pastor Randy Maxwell the North Pacific Union number Duane yeah, it's, uh, they've only changed
6: three,
0: it three, it's 360 oh. is the area code Eight one six.
6: One four zero
0: one. No, no, no. No, that's the uh, one before they moved uh, into the new office. I'm sorry. yeah, it's it's uh, eight five seven. Eight five seven. Seven thousand. Okay, 360-857-7,000. That's the North Pacific Union. That's where you would get a copy of this video. A spotlight on mission on Kuna, Idaho. Uh, Mark, yes. A question. Uh, I'm not really clear on what they did.
4: And- was it just one teleconference or did
0: they have... No, they did this monthly. They did it, I think he said, what, the third uh, the third Tuesday of every month? So, uh, yeah, I think they did it on a monthly basis. But you can get in touch with them and they can give you the details of how they did it. Uh, this is another thing that's happened. In the Paradise, California uh, Church, in the Northern, uh, Northern California Conference, they did something this spring that I, I'm not aware of having happened before, but uh, Pastor Ben Maxson is the uh, pastor there of that church. And what they did is for four weekends, three nights on each weekend, for four weekends, in other words, for a total of 12 nights, they advertised and with support from the church and community, they did these 12 meetings about Jesus. They were based on Jesus and, and the characteristics of Jesus. And if every meeting includes a one-hour meeting from 7 to 8. It included a dramatic presentation uh, and two different elements of that, a dramatic ele- uh, presentation, and then the uh, storyteller sermons. Storyteller was the name of the series. So they had dramatic presentations of people acting out scenes from Jesus' life. And then uh, they had a modern scene, and then they had the sermon which was based on that particular story that had been told by the storyteller that night, and uh, then then a follow-up series. These these are the some of two of the advertising pieces that they used. No, that's the same one twice, but that's the uh, that's one of the uh, brochures, the bulletin that they had. Uh, here's another. That was those were posters. Here's a big wide one. The storyteller come to know Jesus, the greatest storyteller of all time. Come and hear an unbelievable story told by Jesus. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights, February 6 to March 1, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And the Adventist Church uh, information and phone number. So they started out with dramatic presentations. Here's some information. On the first night, they had a biblical presentation a guest at a wedding who desires what a Jewish, who describes what a Jewish wedding was like. So this was what they were acting out. Uh, five days long, the bridegroom picks up the bride at sunset and takes her to the ceremony. Guests pin precious possessions to the bride. There's much food, drinking, uh, drink, and dancing. The wedding at Cana was like no other he had ever attended so they, they, they act out that story of Jesus attending the wedding feast. Then after that they did a modern presentation, a woman who is in a marriage relationship that started out amazingly but has become stale and sad. She wishes that God could bless her marriage and turn it around. So that was acted out as well. Then there was the sermon. And this is the schedule of what they covered on those 12 nights. So on the first night, the miracle worker. Then Jesus, the provider, Jesus, the wonder worker, Jesus, the healer, Jesus, the life giver, Jesus, the forgiver, Jesus, the victor, Jesus, the friend, Jesus, the savior, Jesus, the sin bearer, Jesus, the risen Lord, and Jesus, the coming king. Twelve nights. Here's the schedule. And then you have the titles of the presentations and the emphasis that night, the story from the Bible, the key points that they brought out. So this is all very, very well documented. Uh, These are uh, pictures. These are some of the slides that were used in the PowerPoint presentation. They went along with the pastor's presentation. He did it in a casual setting. He did it uh, dressed in jeans and a a nice uh, sports shirt, sitting on a stool. That's the way the presentations were done. So very, very powerful. They had decision cards that they used at the end of the presentations at night. And they asked people to have a chance to give their life to the Lord, to, to ask for a visit, pastoral visit. So there were several things. And then they followed this series up with a, a weekly, one time a week, for several weeks, they did a discipleship seminar. When I talked to Elder Maxson, he told me that it looks like they're going to have about uh, 10 baptisms just from this series. Without going on further, with these people into a regular evangelistic series, a doctrinal series. So, if what they found out is they did research on paradise, they found out that 90% of the people were unchurched. So, there's a tremendous challenge to reach people. And uh, they found that a lot of their members were uh, anti public evangelism, God forbid. But they were people that, uh, that had that challenge. And so they weren't really uh, wanting to do anything. They felt comfortable with this. He had the support of all of the other pastors in town. He even was very brave. They, on their decision card a person could ask for a visit by a pastor and they could write in the name of the pastor or the name of the church. And uh, they got the other pastors to agree, we will seriously deal with these people in their interest in, in God. So uh You know, if if you you don't have the contacts, which many of us don't, with the people in our communities, we've got to do something first to gain their confidence, to get to know them as individuals. Now, we have something else that's happened, and Jeremiah, are you ready? We have something else that's happened that Cherham has been working on as we have tried to work with our evangelism teams in our churches to help them know what to do. So that our speakers uh, would be able to have an audience to speak to, and there are several things that we've done. And I'm going to ask Jeremiah Weeks, who is uh, one of our directors, would share him. To uh, he's just just back from uh, Nicaragua, I think is where you were, wasn't That's it? Right. Yeah. And before that, Mauritius. And we won't talk about the, all the places that we've been. But uh, Jeremiah, let's just take a minute and make a change here. And you, do you want to?
4: Question also. Yeah. Okay. Sure.
0: Oh, no, they could ask for a pastor of any church in town. Like I said, when 90% of the people are non-churched, the other churches were very interested and very supportive of what we were doing to bring people to the Lord. That's something that that we're all interested in. And so, again, in order to begin to reach into the communities, this was just something they did. So we'll give you information on that sheet about how to get in touch with Elder Maxon, and I'm sure that he'll be happy to share uh, what they did and how they did it. So that we could take and do something similar. Yes, uh-huh. Well, I'm just, I um, just want to
2: make sure I understand correctly. They could ask for any pastor of any other denomination mm-hmm. to come and
4: visit them. Yes, that's right.
0: I'm sure that was a concern, and I don't know what their actual experience with this was. That's something we could ask. This was something they decided to do on a trial basis, uh, again knowing that most of these people didn't have any any background with any church, and uh, the the ten people that they have are people that are going to be baptized into the Adventist Church.
5: Right. I'm just trying to understand, like, like just.
0: They, they didn't introduce them to any other pastors. They just la- allowed them on that decision card. If they wanted to be, you know, visited by a Baptist pastor or something, they could write that down. Okay. Okay. So it was just on the decision card and it wasn't. Okay. Jeremiah, we'll need to change some mics here. There's only, there's only three. <laughs> but that's all right. This is, in, this is important. Yes, Dwayne. I think in paradise, in heaven, in art, the
6: church is probably private church in church Uh I wouldn't be surprised. Well, good afternoon. Good to be with you. Uh, my name is Jeremiah Weeks. I work with Benny and a team of several other uh, men and women with Share Him Global Evangelism, formerly known as, and we're based out of Charlotte, part of the Carolina Conference. And so, naturally, as Benny's been telling you, one of the things that we do, as you may have heard, is on the international side, we take people, mostly lay people, all over the world to be involved in a full series of evangelistic meetings. It's a fast-paced training, two and a half weeks. It's pretty intense. But the goal is not just that that person in that other part of the world will be excited about what they did there, but that they will learn something, catch a spark, and bring it home. The other side of what we do is directly focused on the homeland. That is to say, North America, Western Europe, a few other areas. And it is directly uh, focused on helping teams within local churches develop a systematic ongoing soul winning program. Now often that team is one person, but that's okay. If the Lord places it on your heart, you're not responsible for somebody else, but you are responsible for what the Lord has called you to do. So the question so often is, I'm excited about soul-winning. I'm excited about evangelism. I'm ready to go. And in fact, many say, "I'm ready to preach." Or I've been with Share him internationally somewhere, and uh, what a thrill it was preach that series of meetings. I want to come home. I'm ready to preach here. That's great. That's great. But if any of you, maybe any of you have ever painted a car or been involved with painting a car, a few have. I had the privilege or the, the challenge of getting to do that some years back. And the part you see, the exciting part, that, uh, that bright color, that's only about 3% of the work when it comes to painting a car. Most of the work is before you ever get to that point. And it's the, what people see looks exciting, but most of the work goes into what people didn't necessarily see. And in soul winning, so often, particularly in North America, we have focused on one metric, one measure by which we can see whether we're having success in evangelism. And what is that? Numbers. Numbers of what? Baptisms. baptisms. That's right. That's right. And that's the number by which we judge was it successful or not. We spent this much money we had this many baptisms. Do the math. But what we've realized is soul winning is so much more than merely planning public evangelistic meetings. Now, that's an important part, of course. But let me tell it to you this way. Essentially, we see two common paths by which people come to know the Lord and be part of a church family. One is sort of the traditional Adventist evangelism path, which I like to call message first. And it is we send out a lot of flyers, we posted ads, maybe we advertise on the radio or TV. People come, they hear a presentation, uh, they feel the Lord speaking to them, and six weeks later perhaps or two months later, what do you know? They've made a decision, they've been baptized, they're a member of a local church, and a lot of people don't even know their name. Now some of those people stay, some of them don't. That's message side. The other side is, or message first. The other side I would call relationship first or friendship first. Uh, This is where, for example, I, you know, I've known this guy for years and he's always been a good friend and he's always been encouraging me. Sometimes he'll talk about God and uh, I never really paid much attention, but then something in my life changed and who knows what it is but there are always times when the door opens a bit. Something in my life changed and suddenly what he was saying made a lot of sense and I, I came to church with him and I met these people and I just fell in love with them and uh, they're just great folks and I think maybe I want to be a member here. So this is kind of relationship first. Well, what we've seen is both can work. I'm not here to tell you that Only one or the other can work, because they both can work. But as soon as someone comes from one direction, you must quickly develop the other side. If they come message first, and this we've known for a long time, you have to quickly develop relationship. And there are many ideas and programs and methods out there on how to do that, to quickly integrate this person into a family of believers. Family, not just Hi, saw you on Sabbath morning. I'll see you next Sabbath morning. Good to see you. Now, family where we actually know each other, care about each other, maybe have been to each other's homes, eaten meals together. We actually know each other's concerns and problems and situation. So if you have one, you've got to quickly develop the other. If someone comes relationship first, and we saw this in our local church in Virginia. Our local church has about... I'd say 35 active members, about 50 members on the books. And uh, recently we held an evangelistic sewing event. Okay, It wasn't a doctrinal presentation, but it was a, a sewing event, a get-to-know-you event. A few people, uh, we actually had several who attended. Two of those who attended, a, a lady and her daughter, started attending services. They started coming to other church events. And it wasn't long before they said you know what, we've just really fallen in love with you people here and uh, we can see the, the love of Christ shining through you and we want to join this church. Well, they didn't yet know what that meant. They didn't know about the 2300 day prophecy. They didn't know about Daniel chapter 2. They didn't know about really even the reasons for why we keep Saturday instead of Sunday. But they knew that they had found a group of people who loved them, cared about them, and they wanted to join. Well, that's great, but they need message. They need to make a decision based on the truth as presented in the Word of God. So whichever side someone comes from, the other side must be quickly developed. And both paths can work. So how might, in a practical way, we? implement this. And this is what we with ShareHim are doing right now in 29—no, this week 30—of the conferences in the North American Division, is helping teams of laypeople within their local church with the guidance of their pastor develop an ongoing, systematic, intentional, creative, soul-winning program. Ongoing because it's not just based on events. And too often we've focused our evangelistic energies on events only. Uh, Every three years we hold evangelism in this church. And every three years we get geared up and we spend a lot of money and we do something. Oh, and then finally we can relax. That was a lot of work. Maybe three years later we'll do it again. We'll see. But what we find first of all is that approach can't work. Well, it can work to some degree, but it's not ideal because people are often coming to that decision point. The door is open, something's changed in their life, maybe death of a loved one, maybe a change in a marriage, maybe a new job, new location, whatever it is, the door is open, they're ready for, to listen. But we don't know when that time's coming, and it probably doesn't come just once every three years for everybody. It comes at various times, so we recommend Holding an evangelistic reaping event. A reaping event being where we present biblical truth as found in Scripture and call for decision based on that truth. We recommend a local church hold two a year, two evangelistic reaping events a year. You say, oh, that'd be crazy expensive. How could we do that? We're not talking about a full blown evangelistic campaign that people may be experienced with. We're talking about something that is sized. And budgeted to be sustainable on this twice a year schedule. Don't hold it in a big room if you only expect five people to come. Hold it in a room that feels comfortable with five. Maybe a Sabbath school classroom. Maybe some other place. Uh, recently a dentist held a campaign in a room in his office, and he invited his patients. Hey, uh, you know, I'm not just a dentist, I, uh, I love the Lord, too, and uh, I'm going to be sharing some things from the Bible. I invite you to come. Uh, it could even be in a home. We've had many events that have been held in, successfully in homes. So events that are sized to and budgeted to fit, to be sustainable in a twice-a-year format. We don't recommend that the conference pour a lot of money into these kinds of events because we don't want the local church and the local team looking to the conference to tell them, when it's time for evangelism. Twice a year, plan on it. If you don't feel ready, guess what? You're never going to feel ready. Just go for it. Just do something. Can't tell you what will happen unless you're doing nothing. And we have a pretty good idea. Just do something and learn from the experience for next time. So, twice a year, soul winning events. Let me show you just really quickly how this might look in a calendar format. Okay, I'm going, to show you. I'm going to show you all of it at once here. Let's see. What we've done is we've sort of drawn the calendar out. You're seeing a whole year at once here. And those little green dots along the way in March and September, those are evangelistic reaping events twice a year, sized to fit. Now, Who's going to come? And this has been the question in so many places. Great! We've got somebody excited, ready to preach, because we've seen with uh, the evangelistic materials available using, for example, the share Him sermons, which we provide uh, at no cost for those in conferences that we're partnering with who uh, have a specific event and a specific date or with new beginning sermons or with any other sermons. doesn't matter what sermons you use, mainly doing something. Somebody says, okay, well we've seen that with this material we've got somebody ready to present, we're ready to do it, but who's going to come? And we've been to conferences where they've said, you know, we're getting discouraged. We've done two of these in our church. You know, we didn't have really anybody come. Well, the Reaping event is the exciting part. It's that last glossy coat of paint. It is thrilling, and it's thrilling to see the decisions that are made. But it's the work that comes before that's the majority of the work. And I would like to look at that yellow band. Notice the yellow band doesn't have any breaks in it. What is that? Relationship development. Connecting with people, actually getting to know people. And here's a systematic method we recommend. Why systematic? Think about your job. In your job you are expected to get certain tasks done, to do it on a schedule, to have a plan. And too often in our soul winning we do just the opposite. We say, well, th- maybe this person, I had, they smiled at me and I told them I am an Adventist and maybe three years from now they will meet another Adventist who will smile at them and they will remember that smile. Or, and maybe the Holy Spirit will somehow mix it all up and, and it will turn out great. The truth is the Lord gives us a mind and the ability to plan for a reason. And we can be systematic about our relationship building. Not because we're trying to fool people or trick them into anything, but because we truly care about them. If we are Christians, we associate ourselves with Christ, which means what matters to Christ matters to me. And what matters most to Christ? It's in that most famous verse in scripture. God loved the world so much, he sent his only son. Jesus was willing to come to this earth for people. So, if people matter that much to God, how much should they matter to me? So, how might this be approached? We recommend making a list, a real list, not just thinking about it, write it down. Write down, well, this list isn't quite it yet. Write down for yourself a list, non-adventists I know. I know better than just their name. I know a little about them or... I'll see them on some kind of regular basis, and they live in my general area. Now, they may be relatives, they may be friends, neighbors, work colleagues, whatever it is. And then categorize up in that list five or six. Toward the top, we'll call them your your top-tier interests. These are people who you know that you have some relatively close connection with. A pastor once said to me, if you want to know who these people are, write down who would come to your funeral figure out who would come to your funeral. Those are people you obviously have some rapport with. And if you don't have anybody on there, pray the Lord will send people to come to your funeral. So, and and then ask yourself, who do you want to tell them about God? Do you want it to be you or do you want it to be me or the pastor when they are preaching at your funeral? So, take those five or six. This is your prayer list, your interest list, your target list, whatever it is, write them down, stick them by the bathroom mirror. First, you commit daily to pray for these people. And don't just pray that, oh, Lord, bless Jim, help him have a great day. No, pray, Lord, my prayer is that Jim will be saved. And if there's any way today that I can be part of that process, let me see how and let me not be afraid and let me boldly share what I feel I need to share with them. So these are those five or six. Praying daily for them. Okay? But not just praying for them. Finding ways to connect with them. Right beside their name, how you know them. What activity have you done together? What uh, way do you, are you a, a friend of this person? Well, let's see. Uh, he's my next door neighbor. That might go on one line. And on the next line, uh, sometimes we talk about gardening. That's about it. Okay. Well, you know Jim because he's your neighbor, you talk about gardening. Now, here's the important part. And this is what this yellow band represents that doesn't stop, doesn't break. Consider how you can thicken the relationship by getting to know Jim in new ways, doing new activities with Jim, or introducing Jim to others in your church family and allowing him to interact with them. This is kind of like dating. And when I talk to college students about this, I say, you already know how to do this. You just focus it on one person. If you're gonna get to know somebody, what do you do? You don't just talk on the phone. You don't just say hi once a week. You do stuff with them. You come up with excuses to spend time with them. And you talk to Jim, and you know that Jim's into fishing. Are you into fishing? Yeah, maybe not so much. But hey, Jim's offered maybe, or you could ask him. Hey, uh, sometime, you want to show me a little bit more about uh, bass fishing? Yeah, come with me sometime. Or maybe you're into bass fishing, Jim's not, vice versa. Connect in a new way is what I'm saying. And when you connect in that new way, make a new line on your list. Jim, how do we know each other? I'm fishing. Maybe I'm not so into fishing, but I know a guy at my church who is. Guess what? Here's an opportunity. You can thicken this this web of relationship by saying, hey, uh, you like to fish, right? Well, this guy at my church and I, we're going to go out and do some fishing. Uh, I don't know much about it, but uh, we wonder if you go with us sometime. Yeah, sure. Whatever it is. Uh, Others have talked to me about playing golf. When business, everybody in business knows you don't play golf because you like to play golf, you play golf to do business. And when you are, when your top business is soul winning, sharing Jesus with others, then if you go play golf, it's a golf ministry. Not because you love golf or you love to fish or any of that stuff, it's a ministry. He's into golf, I play a little bit sometimes. It's an opportunity. Adding lines to this list. How do you know him? Well, first he was just my neighbor. And then uh, we talked about gardening together. Now, we've been fishing together. And uh, we played golf. And another guy from my church now knows him because we went fishing together. Guess what's on his list now? Jim. How do you know him? Fishing. Okay? So intentional and systematic thickening of this web of relationship. Because now what happens is Jim starts to know you in new ways. And this time you spend with him is an opportunity to get to know him. Not just talk about fishing. Talk about him. Talk about you. Talk about family. Whatever it is. Talk about the things that matter to you. Talk about your job. You're getting to know him better. And he's seeing who you are. He's seeing who you and your local church are. And uh, he's beginning to trust you. Now, does that mean, okay, so six months from now we're holding the next reaping meeting, so I'm going to invite Jim, right? And boy, I hope he comes because for three months we've been really trying to get to know each other. Guess what? This relationship first evangelism isn't nearly as fast in most cases as the kind of evangelism we are used to. We expect results within three months. We started here and three months later, whoo, we better have a bunch. Talk about three years. Let's talk about ten years. Let's talk about more. This is a thing that takes time. Because you don't know when that door is going to open for Jim. You don't know when maybe something's going to change. And he's going to know that you and those people who were connecting with him care about him. You've talked about the Lord because it's a natural part of who you are. You didn't save it for some special switch on the religion moment and then switch it back off and go back to fishing. It's just a natural part of who you are. So, this is ongoing. Now, one recommendation. Share this on a weekly basis if you can. A Sabbath school is a great place to do this. And I uh, want to thank Dwayne McKee for a great idea with this one. When the Sabbath school meets, when you break up for your classes, take three, four, five minutes. Share around the circle. How is your soul winning initiative going this week? Well, uh, Jim and I went fishing. Oh great, did you have a chance to get to know him better? Yeah, I sure did learned that uh, he's got two kids, they live in California, and uh, he worries about them. Who doesn't, right? Great. Next person shares. Next person shares. Two things happen with this. First, those in the circle who aren't involved and said, ah, I don't want to be involved in your evangelism team. Sounds like a lot of work. They see, oh, is that what you're talking about? That's not so bad. I could do that. I see what you're talking about. So it helps to grow the team second thing is it helps the team to see progress. Too often we measure progress, as we said, with only one metric, and it's baptism. But the truth is, progress in soul winning is all along the way. Progress is, I went fishing with Jim, I got to know him better. I played golf with Jim. Uh, Phil came, and we played golf with Jim. Got to know him better. That's progress. And your team will be encouraged as you're able to see this progress all along the way. Now, last piece. Oh, and this is just a sample of what this list might look like when it's assimilated. Your team can put their list together. You notice this is sorted by interest name on the left-hand side. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Sorted by team member. This is just a sample list from our home church. And how we know these various people on the right-hand side. Now, here we've resorted the list by interest name. And notice, for some of the interest, let's see, right here, for some of the interest, there are multiple team member names by that interest. Why is that? Because we got to know that person, several of us got to know that person, and so he's on several of our lists. This is part of this process of developing that web of relationships. Now, one more part, and that is, these are the the purple segments here, and this is what we would typically call evangelistic sewing. Uh, Think cooking school and stop smoking class. This is something where we invite the public, but we also invite who? The people on the interest list. Maybe they come, maybe they don't. Hey, don't worry, there's another one coming. So, These activities, and there's a thousand of them you can do, these activities are a chance to get more people onto your list, to start connecting with people who weren't neighbors. Maybe they live across town, and this is the only way you might have gotten to know them. Our local church in Virginia recently concluded our second uh, weight loss program. We did a weight loss program based on the Biggest Loser television show. Had a great time with it. We tried to design a program that would be easy to invite people to. Wanted it to be something you could easily invite a friend to. The first year we did it, we didn't have a big weight loss focus. It was just part of it. But we found a lot of people came out interested in the weight loss component. So the second year, what did we do? We didn't just do the exact same thing. We molded it. We modified it. We tweaked it to fit the interest. We had a weight loss focus. Again, church of 35, 40 active members max, 35 guests sometimes coming out, blew us away. Several of those people we've continued to build relationship with. Some of those people have already said they'll help out next year. And by the way, some of the ones from the first year helped out this year. And several have come and attended services. And we've been at each other's homes a few times. By the way, it's a good metric. That's a good measure to know: Are you really getting to know somebody? Have you been to their home? Have they been to your home? Have you eaten a meal together? So, uh, and, and by the way, I won't go into all the details of that program now, but one segment of it involved the teams that we had having to exercise together during the week a few times. We made sure that every team had members and non-members on it. It was a great opportunity to call somebody up, hey, we've got to get together and exercise this week. That's what our team has to do, so um, do you want to come to my place, or I'll go to yours? It was an opportunity. So. Uh, By the way, Sherim has a, we have assembled a sewing resource catalog, which is a 66-page catalog where we've gone to lots of different ministries, talked to them about just one question. What do you have available for evangelistic sewing? For a local church to use, what tools or materials or resources do you have available? How much does it cost? Where do you get it? How do you use it? We've tried to, and this is all good material. It's already out there. We're just trying to bring it into one place. This is available on our website no charge, under resources, sharehim.org, under resources, and for every one of these ideas, there's a hundred more that your team could do by brainstorming new ideas that would fit your team, your interest, your community, and your church. So these three segments, regular reaping meetings, sowing activities to have new people on the list, and continuous, intentional, systematic relationship building.
0: Great. Thanks, Jeremiah. And okay, now we're going to talk about the evangelistic resources for, for presenting the message. And I've done a lot of research on this. We're going to be talking about the new beginnings. We'll be talking about Mark Finley's Revelation of Hope series. We'll talk about the Share Him Truth for Today, Hope for Tomorrow, uh, Young Disciples Truth for Youth, uh, a couple uh, health presentations that are available, and that's uh, Life at Its Best by the Quiet Hour and Abundant Living. Uh, the one that's available, and they're here uh, with that uh, material here at ASI this year. Because you may want to do more than one type of presentation as you get into the message presentation. Now, the New Beginnings program, uh, these are uh, first of all in a DVD program. They're available from uh, either Washtenaw Hills Academy or it is written. Now, the PowerPoint programs are available with projected notes and projected notes means that you have your notes down on your screen that tells you it's similar to what I'm using right here. Uh, You have your notes which show you what's going on up on the other screen but you can see what you're supposed to say. Your reference point is here and then your audience slides are up here. When we do this internationally your audience slides could be in French, Portuguese, uh, Swahili, you, you you know, Tagalog, all of these, you know, this, this could be a completely different language what's up there from what you have down here for the notes for you. So there's a real advantage to having projected notes in the fact that when you have the projected notes, you move your notes and it knows when to move those slides. If you're preaching for paper notes, you have to not only keep your pages turned, know where you are in your paper notes, but you have to also remember to change the slides to match what you're talking about. And uh, you can't do that manually as easily and smoothly as this can automatically. But uh, the DVD program is one where you put the DVD in a DVD player, you use the remote control to advance the DVD player, you preach from paper notes. This is, uh, this is what is available from It Is Written and from Watchtower Hills. The PowerPoint program I'm going to work with Chester Clark and hopefully we can make the New Beginnings Express which is available in English and Spanish with English notes. That uh, hopefully can be available from Watchtower Hills as well. This is what the New Beginnings uh, sermons look like. The DVDs were given out at ASI last year. To everyone free of charge for the DVD programs. But these are just a few of the graphics. These are some of the notes. If you use the DVD Express then you have the projected notes and this is what the notes look like. This says you're on slide 1 out of 128. The subject is Daniel 2. You see what the audience is seeing here and you see what's going to come on the screen the next time you click the button uh, over here. And you know what to say. A dream from the past speaks to the present. Uh, Just another one of the note slides. Okay, It Is Written, if you go to It Is Written's website, and that is www.itiswritten.com. These are things I'll give you on that sheet that'll be available. If you go to store, you can find at store, they have a media and arts section. If you go to media and arts and click on that, then you will find that New Beginnings is available there, New Beginnings DVD Evangelism. That's for play and DVD players. They have a New Beginnings PowerPoint seminar. These are the slides that can be embedded or put into a PowerPoint presentation. They don't come in the presentation according to the documentation. And then they have a small group Bible study. I'm not sure exactly what the difference in those are. Uh, If you go and click on one of these then you'll find the price, the ability to order it, and you'll find the information of what that particular uh, product, part of that product, they'll find a description. Now if you go to the Bible study tab on it is written, then you're going to find new beginnings here got the search for certainty unsealing Daniel's mysteries new beginnings if you click on new beginnings then it will take you to this screen where you have a chance to actually watch these presentations in English or Spanish or in other languages you can print the, the sermons out if you click on one of the either English or Spanish then that will take you here and you choose which one of the sermons that you want and you click on the sermon name and you will come up with a screen like this in a player and you will actually be able to play by clicking on the play button. You'll be able to play that and you will hear someone preach that sermon. So that's uh, New Beginnings. That's available. This is actually taking you to, to BibleInfo.com's website. But you get there from it is written. Yes. Question. If they're used
4: around the world, are they battery
0: operated? They uh, the machine? This, you're doing this on a computer at a website right now uh... the the dvd players are available almost anywhere around the world that you go and there are battery operated dvd players but of course you do have to have some way to see that either on a television screen or uh... using a video projector now just so that you're aware it is written also has the the oxygen uh, part of their website where you can go to get uh, graphics materials to, to help you modify the sermons uh, if you're working on a computer with PowerPoint or to build your own sermons. Uh, and this is their part of their uh, oxygen screen. Well,
5: it was to about two years ago, my freshman year, and I actually was an Adventist at the time. Okay, okay. And so my pa- the pastor at our school, was doing an evangelistic series for the youth and he actually asked me. So for some reason I said yes and then after a while I was like, what am I thinking? What am I doing preaching to these people? I don't even know what I'm do I don't I don't even know what I'm talking about.
1: So he asked you to preach this part of this evangelistic series and you had yet not been baptized here oh, in, in in Arizona.
5: I haven't.
1: And so what happened during that?
5: Um I learned and
1: accepted the truth amen you were doing the preaching
5: yes
1: and you heard yourself preaching
5: yes
1: and you accepted uh, what you heard yourself saying i <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure i understood this yes i was and
5: preaching man, to myself
1: and you decided after hearing this gifted evangelist <laughs> you, you, you decided to give your heart to the lord and be baptized yes I, that's great what did your family think about this um, now, are they Adventists, your family?
5: No, actually my family's Catholic.
1: Oh, really? What did they think about this change in your life?
5: Um, in the beginning of the series, I told my mom I was, like, interested. Um, she wasn't exactly supportive. Mm-hmm. I mean, she'd be like, oh, whatever, you know? So I kept on praying and praying and praying to God, please help my mom, help me. Help me convince my mom to let sure. me be baptized. So it was my second time preaching my last sermon uh-huh. and she came
0: to hear you
1: preach to hear
5: me preach and by the end of the sermon <laughs> <That's
1: okay. laughs> but she was there listening to you preaching this sermon and she i from what i understand yeah. she what? she gave you that green light didn't she she did mm-hmm. today how does your mom feel in other words now what is your What's your mom's feeling about what's happened to you in your life?
4: <laughs>
5: I mean...
1: Has she more or less accepted the change in your life?
5: She's I, she's accepted it. She's not that supportive, sure, but... Sure, sure. Yeah, she's accepted it. But you just came to the
1: Dominican, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she let you go to Dominican, and you preached yes. the series there. Wonderful. I'm <laughs> proud of you.
5: I just want to make sure him, because without the evangelistic series, I wouldn't have learned anything. I wouldn't have have accepted God as my
1: Savior. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you.
0: We have an opportunity to use these materials with our young people and you can see the difference that it makes. Catholic girl whose mom sent her to an Adventist school because she wasn't comfortable with the schools in the neighborhood. Right here in Phoenix. Right here in Phoenix. That happened right here. The other place for New Beginnings, www.nbdvd, that's newbeginningsdvd.org. This is a website that Watch It Out Hills just got last week, I think. And if you go there, you can click on ASI Beginnings. And if you go to that, you choose the language. These are the international languages. The ones that it is written have are the Americanized version. These are the international versions and have more pictures of people of different nationalities and all in the screen. You've got your different languages. One of them will be the uh, Anglo uh, English, I believe it's called Caucasian English. And they have a binder. That's the binder with the printed sermons. It's available for $34.99. For $49.99, you can get the New Beginnings English. This is what I'm hoping that they can also make the New Beginnings Express available to you. I do have those. I'm going to try to work something out so that they can distribute them so you could also get the ones with the projected notes. They're a shortened version with projected notes, English and Spanish. Start. Uh, appeal that Donna made that night in Panama when she was there with me preaching. So you can see that uh, laymen can preach and they can preach very effectively. And the materials are there. If you want the Revelation of Hope series, uh, this is one by, by Mark Finley, then they are available from the, for the, from the color press $154.95 for that series. That series will bring you also the advanced synchronizer version which lets you build your own sermons and that comes with this set. The advanced synchronizer comes with this and also a shortened version of these sermons because you know Mark talks pretty fast. So there's a shortened version of these sermons that's available to you for $5 additional from the Southern Union. Elder Ralph Ringer at the Southern Union. They've shortened them so that people can do it and still get through in a reasonable time. And that's available. Once you have bought the full series, then you can get that series for an additional $5 from the Southern Union. The website to find this, it's www.adventistevangelism.com. It's connected with Color Press and Heart Research. And if you go there, you'll see at the bottom, Revelation of Hope. You can click on that Revelation of Hope link, and there you have a product sheet, handbill, decision card, schedule sheet, sermon outlines. Everything is available right there on that website. And this is an example of the decision card. This is an example of the schedule, giving you the nightly schedule of when to do what. And this is an example of the handbills that are available from Color Press to go with that series. So, this is available from Color Press. At the uh, Adventistevangelism.org uh, website. Some examples of some of the slides from the Revelation of Hope you have here. These are some of the notes. They do have the projected notes with them. And then there's the uh, share Him sermons are called Truth For Today, Hope For Tomorrow. The share Him sermons are available free. No charge for these. The only requirement is that you have to have a, a site and dates which have been entered on the share Him website. You have to be approved by your pastor as a speaker for your conference. And actually now we have it set up so that a pastor can set the date for your meeting. He can set... The, he can match you as a speaker once you've been approved in the conference, and the pastor can do all of this with a login that's available to him with any conference that's working with Share Him. As Jeremiah mentioned, that's 30 conferences, 30 or 31 right now that are signed up and that are working with us. Yes, Kathy. They, they not only get the sermons, but they get the
6: Jesus videos. Well, life of Jesus. That's
0: right. When you get the Share him, you get three things. You get the basic synchronizer program, You get several videos with that, and one is on how to prepare to preach, how to work with an interpreter if you are doing it overseas, Uh, one on the gospel and evangelism with Elder Falkenberg. All of those are on the With The Synchronizer program. You get the truth for today's sermons, and you also get the Jesus video broken into 15 chapters that we use in all all of our sites. And that all comes to you free of cost. All we ask you to do is register, and then we asked you to let us know what happened. Give us a report of your activities. Yeah,
2: you know, I was just mm-hmm. gonna say, I've actually done a ShareHim campaign mm-hmm. with your materials and it was just really easy to use. It was very,
0: very awesome program. Right, so this is some information that I just mentioned. Also available on our website, you have decision cards, nightly schedules, share him theme song that you can play with words scrolling across the bottom, information on how to get handbills, uh, four color sermon handouts in English, Spanish, and French, uh, plus much more that's, that's on the website under resources. Examples of some of the slides from, from our series, example of some of the notes. The notes are a little different on ours because there have been words pulled out. Those words are pulled out to give you a chance to put this in your own words. You've got the content there, but you can't just read it and put your audience to sleep. And it works beautifully. We use it overseas. And uh, we've, we didn't really know the side benefit until we saw people doing it. And we found that they, they, the ability to pulling those words out and causing you to have to form that sentence means that you can say that sentence whatever way you feel is better for your audience or for you as an individual. Young disciples, uh, and I do, I think, in the briefcase, we can check here at the end after we're finished. Because the time is up. Uh, but I have brochures, but they also have them available at their website, and that's where you get the Truth for Youth series. They're based on the Share Him sermons, the same topics on the same night, but they are available, uh, and they're also available with projected notes. And this is uh, an example. It starts usually with a Bible story, goes into a mini-sermon. It has songs and other activities, and uh, again, with the, with the projected notes. And so you can see what's what's available there
4: the president of our conference called me and said Peggy I want you to do a meeting
0: we don't have time for that saw some of that at the beginning Uh, anyway glad you came I hope that these resources will be something that will be helpful to you and I'll try to get a sheet together on this so that you'll be able to get these websites and, uh, and, and the phone numbers in order to make the contacts to be able to get any of the materials we've talked about here today or to know how to get that video that we showed uh, from Idaho. We
6: have, we have a parent here whose young, 13-year-old daughter, preached her first, first series, and, uh here in Jawa, New Guinea,
5: the other side of New Guinea. <laughs> Wonderful.
0: And she did a great yeah. job. Too. Yeah. Oh, she was there with you, Jeremiah. Yeah, this is a life-changing thing for our young people. And thousands of people have now had this experience. But it's available to you. And now that we're working with these conferences in North America, if your conference signs up with us, then very easily you can get the materials by just applying as a speaker, having your pastor get a login, He can create the sites. He can match you as a speaker. And then you get your materials. And then just give us a report of what you do. Thanks and God bless.